We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack of Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Packaday Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. The Bears still suck and have a new owner in town, and his name is Aaron Charles Rogers. That edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley, and I am joined today, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglum. Ross, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Um, you know, when you've got numbers like Rodgers does against the uh, the Bears, um, I'm, I'm not sure he's the new owner. I feel like he, you know, he's he's been in there for a while. I'm not a wins or a quarterback stats guy, but 57 touchdowns to 12 interceptions is something. And, uh, you know, the team is 22 and five against the Chicago Bears with him at, at, at the helm, in, including, by the way, 11 and three at Soldier Field. Uh, now, that's the team with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. And I think they even got a Brett Hundley win in Soldier Field. Shout out, Brett Hundley. Um, yeah, more of the same, man. More of the same. It, yeah, and you're right. I think it wasn't it wasn't him announcing that he was the owner. I think it was more of just hey, a reminder, like hey, I'm still here. I'm still here. Right. And right. and yesterday on Packer Report TV, Ross, we talked about this. Could Aaron Rodgers potentially still be here next year and beyond? Now that the dust has settled a little bit, we're going to kind of go over our thoughts on the game yesterday and kind of after a rewatch. And I know you just got done with your all 22 rewatch. Um, but one of the things, one of the, the striking things from yesterday that I'm honestly a little bit surprised Ross, that it, it really wasn't picked up in the, the mainstream media as much as I would have thought it would have been, but that actual comment that Rogers made post game yesterday, when 
and it was not framed. I went back and, and, and re-listened to the question. It was not framed like, hey, do you like playing the Bears in Soldier Field? And him and he did not say and, and it then it wasn't him saying, Yeah, I don't think it's my last one. The question was framed, do you like playing the Bears in Soldier Field as part of the Packers Bears rivalry? His response, I don't think it's my last one. Oh, Okay, and so are you surprised that that wasn't picked up a little bit more, Ross? Or maybe I just I'm missing out because maybe it was, and I just missed no, it. No, no, you're um, not missing out. the The big talkers from that game are the I can own you. I'm sorry, Andy. Yeah. Can I say that on this show? <laughs> <laughs> it's a quote. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get. I want to give poor Andy the e tag. Uh, bleep that if you have to. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, all my life I've owned you. I still own you. Like that was the big talker, and the fact that they're five and one, um, I think is is a big talker. And the debuts of Jalen Smith, uh, Smith and Rasul Douglas, and just kind of, I don't know. Plus, like big media, big media has a lot to has a lot invested in the, the in the Rogers hates everyone and is leaving. Uh, basket man they they got they got a lot of money in there they 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 they're big into that so anything that kind of goes against that just my opinion is probably not going to get a ton of run unless it's super obvious or unless he just comes out and says it and they kind of have to talk about it but a subtle little jab thing or a subtle little like talk or you know little talker there uh, it doesn't surprise me that they're kind of leaving it alone i put yeah, i put i put eyeball emojis all over that though oh so did i and i think most of us on twitter did because if you read through the read through read between the lines pretty obvious what he's saying there and you know two things i think one we will learn a lot more Today on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show, I almost guarantee he will bring that up. Ty will. Ty Pat, will bring. Pat that does up. a great job. They, they honestly, mm-hmm. they do. And and I, I want to shout out Pat. Not that he'll ever listen to this, but um, had a chance to briefly run into him when he was a guest picker on College Game Day when North Dakota State played South Dakota State. Um, my buddy Trev has a fun story about that. But he's one of those guys. And as somebody who, um has been interested in jobs that have gone to ex athletes before <laughs> and understands how many guys get into this business because they played that aren't very good at this business. Pat McAfee would be good at this business. If he played esports in college, like Pat's good. Cause Pat's good. Yeah. Just an, an, an entertaining individual. All around. A thousand percent. Um, but I also think with Aaron Rodgers. It wouldn't shock me one iota if all of a sudden he didn't say anything, nothing big was announced, and all of a sudden he just signs an extension or he just shows up next year. You know what I mean? And he's just like, what? <laughs> Things were good. Things got good last year, and now I'm back. I got what I wanted. My concerns were aired out, and those concerns were met with change, and now here I am. I didn't feel like I had to tell anybody that. I would not be surprised whatsoever if that were the case. Um, and it just it just feels like, why would you leave this? 
why would you leave this situation? It looks like he's having a blast. But I can't speak for him. He's obviously a man who thinks for himself and does not really always, you know, follow the – he doesn't always go with the flow, I guess. Um, and that's kind of what makes him great, what makes him frustrating sometimes as well. Um, but whatever, he can sling that football. So moving on, speaking of slinging that football um, – my, my initial reaction after watching that game yesterday was, you know, the, the Bears defense I thought was good, played well. Um, and looking back at its day, now, Ross, you've gotten into your kind of your all 22 deep dive. Is that something, I guess, that I would, I guess what I would ask is, is that accurate to say the Bears defense is good? Or were there some things on offense for the Packers that they kind of left out there at, on Soldier Field? yesterday or two days ago i'm sorry what is okay (laughs) is is the bears defense good i because that was my i thought the offense moved the ball well but i thought it was clunky yeah no i mean they're good and so that's like that's something that i've talked about right um you look at and it's 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 bad you you know you, you get these people that put up total defense and total offense and total defense, total offense tell you the Packers have a top five defense and an offense in the twenties. <laughs> it's just not, it's, it's just not the, that's not the deal folks. Um, after the game against the bears, the Packers have faced four of the top six defenses in the entire league, the saints, uh, the bears, the Steelers, and who's the fourth one that I'm not thinking of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm going to just make sure, that that's accurate. I'll get back to it in a second, but um, they've played really good defenses and been able to at least get into the twenties and give their defense a chance to win the game. Um, that that is a big deal. Uh, excuse me, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Chicago, New Orleans, San Francisco are the four. No, I said that. Yeah. Those are the four of the six top defenses um, per Football Outsiders Dave, which is DVOA adjusted for early variance, as in we thought this defense would be really good, and coming into the season, weird stuff happens in early weeks, so we don't want to mess with the ranking that bad. For example, the Washington football team is the 28th defense by DVOA, but they were expected to be a lot better coming into the season. So right now, and Dave, they're only 17th. And, and that that you'll move more towards like DVOA when you're evaluating stuff as you go on in the season and you don't really have to account for early variance as much. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that this offense has played really, really good defenses, like elite defenses, number two, number three, number five, and number six in Dave. They just got done. Um, scoring 24 points against number three on the road. Yes, they got their asses kicked by number two, but there are brighter days ahead for this offense. Yeah, and I think what what you can really glean from that too is the fact of they they may be a run-first type team, and I think it's interesting to me because I think this team this year, this 21 team, may be a marriage of 19 and 20. Of you know, 19, they were winning close games. The offense looked clunky. Uh, it was good and bad, a lot of, you know, a lot of average, really. And this year on offense, I think you still have the MVP level Rodgers if you need him. But I think they're going to be able to run the ball on just about anybody. Yes, yeah. they, ha- they have. And, and, and I'll say the this. the best offensive lineman in the league back. 
I'll say this too. Like I, I don't just think it's elite defenses. They need to get healthy. And I think two things. First of all, Rodgers needs to figure out the deep ball thing because that is, uh, that's real. That's a real problem. He him over twenty yards in the air is not great right now, and he's not washed, and his arm hasn't decreased in velocity. Um, they just have to figure that out. But if you add Elton Jenkins at a hundred percent, add David Bakhtari to this group, add MVS back into this group, add Dominique Daphne back into this group, they're going to be a much better offense, specifically the Bakhtari piece, because you take the biggest question mark off, off your offensive line and you make it the best player at his position in the league. It's a massive upgrade, regardless of how you think Elton Jenkins has played there or Yoshin or whatever, wherever you put Elton at that point also gets a massive, massive upgrade. And MVS decompresses this offense in, in a huge way. I mean, people just will give up seven to him on a 60-yard post. It will happen. And so you have to play the Packers completely differently, not just against the run, where you have condensed defensive formations, but against the pass too. They're sitting on slants to Devontae and Lazard and this and that, and you cannot play those coverages or, or you're going to end up with MVS one-on-one with a linebacker as safety, and it's going to be a bad day. Like, I mean, the I think the, the long touchdown against the 49ers last year comes to mind where they ended up with a linebacker on them because of whatever coverage they called, and it was just a, just a pitch-and-catch touchdown. Yeah, I think – two things that you hit on there. One is MVS, like obviously him taking, being able to take the top off the defense. They don't have anyone else like that on this team. Most teams don't. MVS is one of the best in the league at it. No, they've had and, to go, he, they've had to go deep to Devante, which is fine, but it's not like what everybody does at their best. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the other thing too is, is the Bakhtiari piece and this offense is going to get better in the passing game, not only because he is an all world you know, pass protector, have you noticed that Big Dog is playing a lot? Because he is, and that's that's by design. I, I think they're probably playing him a little bit more than they probably even want because with even with Elton out there, you know, with Yosh out there, definitely. And I think what we're seeing, too, is kind of the uh, regression of Robert Tunyon, and I think a lot of that is because they're not able to use him in the same way. Robert Tunyon is not a guy that you want to have to sit in and chip 14, 15 times a game. He is, he's a big receiver, right? So if you're, if you're not able to get him into his routes as much as you would in the past, uh, without a guy like MBS clearing out the top and letting him just work over the middle of the field, this is kind of what you get. Like that stuff all works in synchronization and they need all those guys healthy. Um, I think Tunyon was a a great candidate to regress anyways. Um, But I don't think he is as unproductive as he is appearing to be right now, because right now he, he's a, he's an absolute non-factor in this, in this offense. And um, I think there is reason to worry there, Ross, but I also reserve judgment until they get some of those guys back and they're able to kind of use him the same way they have in the past. Well, right. And, and to, and to plug Bakhtari in and Elton in full time, I think you also reduce the amount of snaps that you have to play Mercedes Lewis. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't feel the need to have that third tackle in the game. Um, but I, I will say this, what they've done is important, and that is one or two times show that we will throw him the ball. Like if you just mm-hmm. assume if you just assume that when 89 is in the game, it's a run or that he is helping with pass pro, we will bite you. I love I love that big dog catches the ball and he knows damn well he's not running away from anyone. He knows damn well he's not juking anybody. So my man runs angry. You want to talk about hot piss, Ross? Nobody's got hotter piss than Mercedes Lewis with the ball in his hands. He has ran angry these last couple weeks. Like, hey, you're probably going to get me to the ground because I'm not the athlete I used to be, but it's probably it's not going to feel good. You're not going to like it. And I, I, I have really enjoyed watching him play his his old 37-ass play because well, he plays like a, a much younger man. He does, and I think a big part about you know, Mercedes is what, like what, what they've talked about is just the simple fact of the veterans that are still healthy, really carrying this team. Like I think all these guys that are above 30 understand what they can do. And just especially after failing in the NFC championship game two years in a row, they all understand how difficult it is. And that whether you want to call this year, the last dance or not, I don't, you know, I don't really care, but ultimately it does represent a fleeting opportunity. And Mercedes Lewis understood that just because Preston Smith is hurt and Zadarius Smith is out and Jair Alexander is out, we can't start three and four. It, we, just, it, we cannot allow this team to do that. And he's been a big part of them not losing games. Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Personally, I can't wait for that first game back at Lambeau Field, Packers-Lions with fans in the stands again. I've already got my tickets from TickPick, and I'll be there watching Monday Night Football in person. I absolutely cannot wait. Visit TickPick.com slash Packaday today and use promo code Packaday to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Which has been nice because if Tunyon doesn't play well, they really don't have much else in in the hopper as far as tight end. I don't think DeGuar is really a true tight end. Um, and the, the year of the Deguara takeover has not quite happened either. So uh, that's, you know, that's probably all we need to go over for, for offense um, because I think, you know, the offense is what it is. Even, even with guys dinged up, man, as long as, as long as Rogers and Devonte are healthy and as long as, you know, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are healthy, I think they've proven they're going to be able to move the ball. They're going to be able to move the ball effectively enough to, to keep themselves in games. Um, so, I think the the side of the ball that has been dumped on a bunch, and honestly, if if this defense wasn't you know just ass butt cheeks doo doo whatever you want to call in the red zone, this defense has actually been pretty good. And I think it's it's worth noting, Joe Barry. I, I I'm not saying I'm not saying. Joe Barry is a good defensive coordinator, but I'm not saying he's terrible. And I think what's what's interesting to look at with Joe Barry and something that I've been kind of thinking about more and more is Joe Barry seems kind of like the mouthpiece hire for Matt LaFleur. And I, I do wonder how much of this influence, how much influence Matt LaFleur has on this defense now with the Joe Barry in there. Because if we recall, Pettin was kept right? Kept on staff with LaFleur, kind of with like the idea of, hey, young coach, this guy's got head coaching experience. We could kind of lean on him with this young coach. It's Matt LaFleur's show now. So I do wonder if it really goes, you know, Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry have their, you know, beginning of the week meeting. LaFleur says, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want this week. I want you to implement this. And Barry goes out and does it. And I'd be interested, you know, so interested to get them in the room and then actually have to answer that question, honestly, because uh, that's the only thing I can think of as far as why this defense is playing good in between the 20s. Um, but, Ross, after, after you know, you dove into your all 22, what are your, kind of your thoughts um, after kind of letting the dust settle on this defensive performance from yesterday? I was really impressed with the coverage. Um, I, I, I do have to say that. I know – uh, you know, Fields' numbers weren't great, or the perception of Fields, I guess, wasn't great. But honestly, there wasn't a ton ton there. Um, even some of the ones that he did complete were absolute dimes. I thought Sewell and Eric Stokes were fine. I thought Channon went really well. Um, obviously, you saw the two incredible track down picks by Amos and uh, Savage, only one of which counted. But still, like, I, I was very, very impressed. Um, even the linebackers were kind of where they were supposed to be. Run defense was a little bit questionable. Khalil Herbert 
a good player. Uh, got some linebackers jumping in the wrong gaps, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, ultimately, though, I just was was really impressed at the overall philosophy of the defense after losing Jair Alexander because I think a lot of people thought that the end was nigh, <laughs> you know, that he was mm-hmm. kind of the only thing keeping that secondary together. And ultimately, credit goes to G- uh, Jerry Gray, credit goes to Brian Gutekunst for getting players in there that can play. And credit kind of goes to Joe Barry for pulling Adam after one drive. Now, starting him in the first place, very questionable. You know, had just proven that he can't be out there, basically. And they did it anyway. Um, But the humility to accept that they made a mistake and and go out there and and make a change to a guy that had basically been with you for a week, it was impressive. He played well. I'm uh, very, very impressed with what he was able to do with very – limited knowledge of the playbook. You wonder just how deep into the playbook Barry was able to get defensively with a guy out there who had been with the team for a week, but it is difficult to kind of marry that with good sweet Lord. Are they pathetic in the red zone? It's, it's just terrible. Uh, And it's, once you get to the 20 man, you're in it's automatic. It's, it's, I mean, it's wild. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it because you're right. Like, I guess, so with Joe Barry and with this cover two scheme, they do it really well in between the 20s. It's kind of what you want. Like, hey, make them, make them drive. Don't let them beat you over the top. And you look at what Rasul and Stokes did on the outside. I think, you know, combined, Stokes gave up, was targeted three times and gave up three catches. But they were all underneath, right? They're all pretty much like, hey, that's kind of what we will live with. And the same with with Rasul. He gave up, he was targeted six times, gave up three, and each of them only gave up 32 yards. Like you can win football games with that. But the idea is you tighten up in the red zone. You don't just continue to give up, you know, seven, eight yard play, you know, yeah. gimme catches. And so it, it is it's mind boggling. It, it's like the whole rally up and tackle place off rally up and tackle theory. You, you, you should understand that that theory doesn't work in the red zone because there's an end line (laughs) where, where you could, where you give up points yet. It just seems that there are either guys running wide open or they are comfortable allowing four yards on first and goal from the six, which is not great. It's it's just not great. It's not, and it's it's crazy too because there are guys, even guys like Kenny and Rashawn and these 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 pass rushers, they have gotten they've gotten worse too in the red zone. So it's just it's weird. It's you know, in the, in the red zone was such an emphasis last year, the gold zone, right? And it just feels like it's not this year, especially not on defense. Like there's no sense of urgency. Every team wants to turn it up a notch in the red zone. Like that's not a secret that teams are going to do that. The Packers on defense just don't. And it is, it is truly, truly bizarre. Um, But enough. I mean, we don't need to talk about it because everyone knows they're terrible at it. And I almost wonder if it's a mental thing now for this Packers defense. Like they know, I I guarantee you that's a point of emphasis all week, every week. Uh, 
And how much of that gets into your head? Like, oh, crap, (laughs) they're at the 18. Shoot, we haven't stopped this. We haven't stopped this in a long time. And so, you know, it it might just be that you need to get one of them. And then, I mean, regression has got to happen at some point. Like an errant throw, a fumble, anything. Just a, 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 they even got the holding call in the red zone this year. Even to get. Didn't slow them down at all. Didn't slow them down at all. Even to get like, even to get to a very bad touchdown percentage of eighty percent, you would have to play pretty good red zone defense for a while. <laughs> yeah, and that's we. It's fun, you know. It's fun to joke about. Well, not fun, but we joke about it now. But it's going to be an issue like this. If you want to talk about things that are going to you know hold this team back in the playoffs or losing an NFC Championship game, we could be sitting here late January saying, "Well, it was an issue all year." It was an issue all year. You know, the, the Bucks just they score. They were four for four in the red zone. The Cardinals, they were they were five for five in the red zone, whatever it may be. You know, so that that's just it's something that needs to get fixed. And the the I suppose the the good news is, is help is on the way on defense, right? Getting Jair back will help. Uh getting Zedarius back, hopefully, um, will help. You know, Kenny continuing to emerge should help. Rashawn Gary. Unexplicably, unexplicably not being able to finish and get sacks is is, is a really wild storyline right now. Because you look at that man in almost every stat, statistical category for an edge rusher, he is near or at the top in every single one of them except sacks. And I tweeted, like, I would not be surprised at all if he went on a three- or four-game tear where he has just like nine sacks. Yeah, and it just starts coming in bunches because he is there. Um, I think another, I think another guy that's been impressive on defense, and I'd be interested to see if you watched him at all today in your all twenty-two is Spider Garvin, Jonathan Garvin, the twenty-two-year-old kid. Looks like he's starting to kind of put some things together. Man, it's it's a big deal too because if he stinks, they're in such trouble, man. Like because Preston obviously can't play can't play 45, you know, 45, 40, 48, 51 snaps because that can't happen. Um, you, you need a third edge. I mean, you'd love to have a fourth edge with, with, with your number one and two basically on the shelf and man, ultimately it's, ultimately he hasn't been awesome but him not being terrible is super important and i know that sounds complicated and contrived and kind of like i'm babbling but it's just really important that he's not terrible it's it's so it's such a big deal that he doesn't stink out well, loud it's, it's essentially i don't know what just happened there it's essentially one of those things where it's like hey we we upgraded this position to like a net neutral type thing, right? A net, just an average guy. But the guy that we had before was, you know, a negative 18. Grade. Sure. Sure. That's a huge upgrade. Yeah. Just to be average at that spot. And I think, I think that's kind of what we're seeing out of Garvin is like, he, he's playing average, you know, average football for an edge rusher. Hey man. And, and that's for, important. And, and it's also important because, his development the last two years, you've seen it. I mean, he was a 20-year-old rookie with an, an 8.99 RAS score. 
the guy's an athlete, right? He is he is was an absolute ball of clay coming out of Miami. And then you hand him over to Mike Smith and and you're seeing the steps forward. And that's exciting. That's exciting stuff because he is a guy that has the athletic tools to be a good player in this league. And he might have to be if if Preston is out for any extended period of time. And he might have to be if Zedarius doesn't ever play it down for Green Bay again. So that's important stuff. That the, those hitting on those types of draft picks is is just stellar, just huge. Um, and two guys, Ross, that I do want to shout out because I feel like me especially, I've dumped on the interior defensive line group pretty much all season besides Kenny Clark. It's kind of been Kenny Clark and then no one. But Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki have, have actually played pretty good football the last couple of weeks, uh, especially Lowry. And Lowry was kind of Green Bay's favorite, you know, favorite target for Twitter fans and fans alike. And he's making an impact. He's out there making plays. He had uh, four pressures in this last game. That's not nothing. So if he can play just that level of football, and it's kind of the same, the same point that you just made. If they can get a couple of guys to just not be terrible next to Kenny Clark, who has been, you know, rushing the passer unbelievably well. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think uh, I'd like one. to just see more from TJ Slayton. You, you know, you talk about the interior of the defensive line. Slayton was fine, but seven snaps and 50 out of 61 for Kenny Clark. Give me 41 snaps of Kenny Clark and 16 snaps of TJ Slayton. I don't think the world would end, especially if a lot of those came on first down. Uh, and I, I get it, man, 100%. I get that uh, Kenny Clark was awesome and awesome late even. You know, didn't look gassed. Didn't look like the end of that game. Um, you know, he was still whooping that ass on the offensive line, and then that's really impressive. But ultimately, I, I just think for not only in-game situations where – he might be fresher on snap 40 and 41 than snap 49 and 50. In the long run, I would like him to be functional in week 18, round two of the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. That's why I, I really do think they need to do a better job of, you got to get more than 26 snaps out of Lancaster and TJ Slayton. You just got to. Or, or, or play my son, Jack Heflin. Hashtag free Jack Eflin. Yes, and I play him. Oh, he was hurt last week. I believe he was hurt. Um, that's probably why. Yeah, I think they probably would have played him 60 snaps otherwise, just because Ross said so. But uh, there, there's help out there, hopefully. You know, not really at that position, but um, before we go here, I mean, help could be on the way. I know Whit Whitney uh, Merciless was just released by the Texans. Uh, there's been rumors about – you know, Jordan, Jordan <laughs> Fuller, Fuller, one of the Fuller brothers at corner that the Packers have tried to sign like five times. Um, maybe the Kyle Fuller, there we go. I think mean, get him and Kendall mixed up. Who's Jordan Fuller? I don't know. But anyways, it, could he be a Packer? I don't, I don't know. You know, and I was talking to a buddy and he's just like, you know, I'm just, I'm just sick of getting my hopes up over those types of things. And he's got a point. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what unfolds with all of that, because the Packers could certainly make some moves there. And with, you know, Assistant to the assistant to the regional general manager Aaron Rodgers um, at the helm, we may see more of that. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll catch you next time. And as always, go pack, go.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.